Hello and you're very welcome to another episode of the IFFTV podcast. Today, Gary Spain is joined by Gavin Dalton and Paul Tini to discuss the League of Ireland coming back. Who are the real winners and losers of coming back to play football? Check it out. Don't forget to leave your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. It's me, Gary Spain, joined by Gavin Dalton and Paul Tierney, and we're here to talk about the resumption of the League of Ireland. And after the long break, we've got a date. It's coming back on July 31st. What we know so far is the format has changed a bit. So there's only going to be two rounds of matches, including the games already played. So it's going to make it a tight season. Uh, Promotion and relegation is going to stay the same as it was, which has been highly controversial. So the bottom club in the Premier Division gets relegated. The First Division champions go up. Fourth in the pre- in the first division plays third, winner plays second, and then the winner has a playoff against the ninth place team in the Premier Division. So it's um, and it, I'm going to start with relegation because that's the one that's had all the controversy, and it's it's the one that's caused a lot of issues for the clubs. So I, I'm wondering, can I start with you, Gavin? What are your thoughts on the relegation issue? Yeah, I mean there was. You know, yourself, there's a couple of options on the table. It was coming down to option one and option two. Obviously, the Premier Clubs, understandably enough, were only wanting one up, one down for their sake. I suppose they saw 18 games. I think didn't think it was justifiable to say that they could lose their Premier status in just 18 games. So they're obviously pushing for just one down to obviously boost their chances of staying up. But then you look at the other side, the First Division Clubs, they're all going to push for as big as a chance they can. I suppose it's all coming down to self-interest, understandably enough, because if you look at these clubs, they're more than just clubs, they're essentially businesses. So the first division clubs are going to want every chance they can to get up. So that's why they're pushing for that. And look, is it fair? Is it fair that the first division clubs somewhat dictated it? Some people, you saw Waterford, Waterford general manager Jack Byrne coming out saying that the first division clubs kind of dictated the Premier clubs, so that wasn't fair, which is understandable. So it is a funny one, but it is what it is, I suppose, for now. Paul, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think? Well, I'm happy that we have a date, first of all, and I'm happy that we have we don't have a league where there's just kind of dull, dead matches where they none of some of the teams weren't really playing for anything. It, it'll be disappointing for some club, whoever does end up going down and say if someone lost the playoff as well. But I think it had to be done for the integrity of the league. You can't have those dull matches, like teams just motoring along, finishing the season for nothing. It'll be unfortunate uh, when someone does get relocated and there'll be implications financially. But I think it had to be done. The right decision was taken. And... Uh... I'm just wondering, Gavin, where do you see the the relegation issue at the moment? I mean, the way, if you look at the table, you've got Sligo Rovers, they're they're pointless after five games. Uh, Cork City made a poor start. They've got to be under threat. Uh, Finn Harps, they actually made a great start. I thought they did really well, but they're on four points. But is the break going to impact them? And and the ones I'm looking at are are the other team I think are in the mix are Waterford. Waterford have won six points. And I mean, I, I'll go on and talk about who I see will go into Europe, etc. So maybe this is unfair, but you just read about all the off the field issues at Waterford and you think they don't have a manager. They've got to be uh, in trouble as well, even though they've got two wins already. Yeah, Waterford will be sweating a little bit. But um, 
Apparently, there's talks there's going to be a manager announced in the coming days. I think it was Cork, ex-Cork boss John Cotter. He'd been linked, but he's after shying away from the job, apparently. But still, there's meant to be an announcement in the coming days, apparently. But you don't know what to believe. But hopefully for the club, there is an announcement because there's too many quality players in that team for them to just sacrifice the season. So, But then at the same time, they still have players abroad, apparently. The lone players... I think Lee Power was speaking to Sun Sport at the start of the week and he said half his players are still in England. So there is some question marks hanging over Waterford, but hopefully if the, if the manager is announced, they can build from there and maybe it can turn it around. Paul, Paul, I didn't actually mention Shelburne in that and uh, partly they've made a great start and they seem to have done well in the break. Um, should I have? Um, or what do you think? What about the four I've mentioned? Well, I think the four, you're me- the four you mentioned are right there. I've seen Sligo myself against Bowes uh, before the lockdown and they didn't look too great. Obviously, this is a, champ- a chance to revamp the side and get going again, but they look quite poor and I think they'll definitely be there, thereabouts, probably fin- even if they got the playoffs, but they'd probably be happy with that. In terms of shells, I've seen them twice against Dundalk and against Pats. Obviously, they beat Pats 1-0 and were unlucky to lose to Dundalk after a poor first half. I think Shells will be solid enough bringing in the players they brought in, Gary Deegan, Carl Shepard. These are experienced heads and they know what to do in, in situations like this. Obviously, Shells aren't in a situation at the minute. I think Shells will be fine. Mid-table will be a good season and then motor on next year, hopefully. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I can't see actually Shelburne being in the mix. The one thing I will say about Sligo is I, they've, they've done some fantastic fundraising. They... They're a very well-run club out there, and I think they could hit the ground running. And I, I, I actually think, yeah, you may they may end up in the playoff, but I, I don't see Sligo ending up bottom. It's probably too early to tell. I mean, you look at other leagues like the Bundesliga and the English Premier League, and you see teams coming back some far better than others. So, so time will tell. Now, the reason I start with the bottom, and and Paul actually already touched on this is the impact it has on the top. And I was actually surprised that Shamrock Rovers were the only Premier Division club that backed the First Division clubs in the relegation. And I'll tell you why, because uh, Rovers are top. They're three points clear. If you go down to an 18-game league, they've already beaten Dundalk and Talla. They've also got a fantastic goal difference. Uh, Had you had a league with loads of teams with nothing to play for and perhaps letting players go and playing some of the under-19s, they would have had, I think, a far better chance of winning the league. Now, they still have a fantastic chance of winning the league. I I think it's a two-horse race. But um, So, Paul, what do you think of the race for the title? Well, I think it's definitely just between Rovers and Dundalk. Obviously, they're the two strongest sides in the league, and we've seen that in the cup final there last year when Rovers beat them on penalties. We've seen how good both sides were. I've seen Bowes this season as well. They they look good, but they're going to drop silly points. Like They lo- drop points up at Derry as well. Bowes are going to keep doing that. They're just a bit off the pace. I think they're the, the best of the rest, and then it's Rovers and uh, Dundalk after that. Um, looking at it, I think it might be Rovers' year. I know there's only they've only played five games. Obviously, they've won all five, but they look stronger, and they look stronger in the cup final as well, so I think they'll continue going on from that. Well, Gavin, what are your thoughts? Are, are there only two in the title race? And who do you think is yeah. going to... Personally, I do feel there's only two. I mean, third, if I was to pick third, I'd probably go with Bowes. But 
you know, bowls, they can take, they can get big results in big games, but then they can slip up in lesser games. So in regards, a squad in depth to go for the league, it's either Rovers or Dundalk. But having said that, I don't think there's going to be, I mean, it's not, there's not, it's all going to boil down to who hits the ground run. I mean, Dundalk are going to be sitting over these couple of months after losing in Tala, they're going to be saying, right, they're going to be listening to everyone saying, oh, Rovers have the league, Rovers have the league. I think they're going to be sitting, Vinnie Burt's going to have them ready to hit the ground running and they're going to be, they're not going to let the title go too easy. Yeah, and I think it's a big advantage to Dundalk that every single game is going to matter because it's a tight season. There's only 18 games, as you've been saying, for, for each club. Um, you've potentially two going down, you've four European places, and uh, I, I don't think there'll be a single easy game. And and that'll that'll help the team uh, who are, the, at, at this stage, although they're the champions, I think Dundalk are also the challengers because they're three points behind Rovers. And... Uh, I've got goal difference to worry about as well. And the next big one, and I, I agree fully, there's only, I think there's only two teams in the title race, um, without doubt. Uh, the battles for the, and, and they'll be one and two, but the, the battle for the European places, um, Bose and Derry are the, the two that qualified last year. They're, they're obviously going to be uh, there or thereabouts. I think Pats have got to be in the mix. And the team I was ruling out for relegation may possibly be even a dark horse for Europe and Shelburne. Um, are they the four? Am I being a bit generous to, to Shells or even to Pats? Um, Gavin, what are your thoughts? No, I would have said that. I'm going with Shells. I was out with Paul in Tolka for Shells v Pats and they look, they're a gritty team. They're going to grind down the bigger teams. They're going to be tough to get results from. And... They do have threats going forward, so I think Shells could be in the mix. I think they're third or fourth. I think it'll be Rovers, Dundalk, Bowes, Shells. That's what I'm going to go for. Paul, what are your thoughts on the battle for Europe? Shells in Europe again? Well, it would be fantastic to see, especially one year in. I I think they might. it all depends on their away games, really. I think they'll be as solid as anything at home. They've proved that already, and they're going to be extremely tough to beat at Tolka. It's where they can pick up points away from home. You look at like going to Derry, going to Pats, going to Bowes. Can you pick up wins there? Can you pick up a, a nil-all draw when you have to? Stuff like that. Obviously, I think they'll beat teams down the bottom away from home. Obviously, they've beaten Cork already as well. But um, it all depends on the away games for Shells because I think they'll be solid enough at home. If they can get the points there, they're definitely in with a show. But I think Bowes, Pats and Derry are just that tiny bit stronger at the minute. Yeah, and I, I, the only thing I will say is it's so tight and there are so few games. I mean, we're going to end up with half the games we would have had in a normal season. So instead of a 36-game season for each club, you've got 18 games. So the games already played have taken on even more importance. And uh, so let's say Shells win over Pats. Uh, those results matter more. And... I mean, the difference between getting a point, as you say, in the return or, or winning, maybe the difference between getting into Europe and not getting into Europe. And uh, I, it's it's going to be a battle. And as I said, I think more or less every game is going to matter. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating season. The other thing I would say is, what about the impact of the likes of Bose and Derry in particular playing in Europe this year? Uh, particularly if they get a run, 
um, if they were to get through a round or two, they they don't have the squads of the Rovers or Dundalk, and if they're playing midweek weekends, it's it's going to take a toll. And do you think that will have an effect on their hopes uh, for Europe, Paul? Uh, definitely. Obviously, having a small squad is tough. You see, you see it in other leagues as well. The way they've been doing the fixtures at the minute, they they're playing twice a week uh, with a gap of three or four days which is what's going to have to happen in the League of Ireland as well if we want to get this league finished on time. Um, see, I don't think postponing games is going to be an option at the minute because of how it is. Like they're going to want like they're going to want the Champions League up and running properly and the Europa League in October is what I heard like for next season. So it's all going to be a rush. Uh, it'll be tough on them, but I mean other teams are doing it as well. They'll just have to cope as best they can. Yeah, it's going to be tough, Gavin. Uh, is that a chance for Shells and Pats maybe to sneak into Europe ahead of Bowes and Derry for next season? Yeah, it's going to be hard for teams with lesser squads. It's going to be tough to juggle. It's essentially like a dual club will say. You're either going to have to focus on one or the other. Which one do you want more? So if you focus on the league, Europe is going to take the, take the hit for that. So I think that is going to be the case with the lesser clubs because we've seen they do not have the panels to juggle the two so it could be an opportunity for other teams to sneak in the the other thing i would say about europe is the games are down to one leg now and it's i think it's absolutely crucial to our clubs to try and get a home draw uh i i believe i i don't think it's been finally confirmed but my understanding from uefa is it, it is going to be a draw so even though whether you're seated or unseated you could end up home or away and a home draw in Europe, uh, a home game in Europe is absolutely massive. And uh, so it, it'll be very interesting. And uh, there is the potential there. And I, and I would ho- really hope that our clubs, it, it's a very good point that they may not take it seriously and they may decide, okay, we're in Europe, we'll get our 240,000 euro, whatever it is, whatever it's going to be this year, we don't know. And maybe not so much focus on the, the European game and, and focus on the league games coming up after that. There is the other argument to say if we win one round in Europe, we get another 240. We win again, the, the money goes up and up. So there, there's potential, particularly if you get a decent draw or a winnable draw, uh, to keep going and to focus on keep going in Europe rather than, uh, let's say, focus on the league rather than Europe. So I would hope our clubs do focus on the European games. But um, a lot may depend on the draw. I mean, if you get a tough draw away to one of the crack Norwegian or Danish clubs with the, the seeding in the first round, they may decide it's going to be very difficult. Um, Can I just add, Gary, as well? We're going to be on, unfortunately, our clubs are going to be on the back foot come Europe because the preparation Pat Huben was on. Remember Pat Huben was on a couple of weeks ago with Hall? He was saying they've been sitting at home watching the clubs they're going to be facing. They've been back training six, seven weeks and our lads haven't even gotten the field yet. This is two weeks ago. So they're on the back foot already. I know they're back training and all now. They're going to have their games soon, but match, match fitness and games. You need a lot of games under your belt going into Europe. So fingers crossed. We're not yeah, too far good. behind the mark. Yeah, it's a good point, Gavin. And I, the, the advantages that we had that summer football gives us in Europe uh, won't be in place, as you say, this year. Um, what do you think, Paul? Is that going to impact on our European performances? 
Yeah, I think so. It'll like the fact that it's one leg is probably a, a bonus as well because if we if the home clubs if the Irish clubs do get a home draw, then they have every chance. You see down the years the results the teams have got with home draws or in the first leg, say if they play at home in the first leg, like Shells when they drew with Deportivo nil all. Derry got nil all draw against Paris Saint Germain as well a couple of years back. I mean, I couldn't see that happening now if they did play each other, but I mean, there's every chance, and if the clubs take it seriously enough. It's a one-off game. Anything can happen. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to this in future shows, but best luck to our four clubs in Europe and uh, really hope they'll do the league proud. Um, just come to the, the first division and just touch on this. Uh, it's definitely worked out very well for the first division clubs. They all wanted the status quo, which was that... Uh, there's three teams in a in a, in three teams will make the playoffs, and then one of them eventually will play off with a, a Premier Division club as well as the champions going up. Um, how do you see the the first division race, Gavin? Is I know it's very early to tell; only three matches played. Yeah, it is pretty early, but it's going to be as you said with the Premier Division. Every point is going to count. So is the case with the first division as well, and they're going to be delighted. They've got a lot to play for. If if it was the case, it was one up, one down, you could have an early runaway. Say Cabo could run away at the start. The rest of the clubs, what are they playing for if they can't catch them? Now they've got a hell of a lot to play for. There's a couple of places up for grabs. So it's going to make for a very interesting first division. It's going to be extremely competitive. They've had a while to think about it and sit down. Now they're back training. It's going to be a very competitive race. And there's not going to be much between the top four. What do you think, Paul? Are you keeping an eye on the first division race? I think you've been to a couple of games as well already. Yeah, I went out to see Cabin Teeley playing Shamrock Rovers too, just before the lockdown, and uh, they looked like they had a re- they got a red card midway through the second half, and they actually looked stronger after the red card, which was surprising. I think Cabin Teeley will probably get the playoffs now, which I was surprised about. I tipped them to finish just outside it before it all started. Obviously, they got there last year as well. They're looking strong, and with Pat Devlin as the manager, they. Like they have every chance. Uh, you then you've got Drawd and Longford, who are probably the two favourites at the start. They'll want to be keeping pace with Cabin Teeley as well up there. I think Drawd might end up pipping Cabin Teeley and Longford for the title. I think they're the strongest squad and the strongest team in that league. And then you've got the likes of Bray, called Ramblers, who are there thereabouts. Bray'd be looking for promotion as they generally are. And then it's a tough one to call in the first division, but it's good that it's going to be competitive anyway. There's a lot to play for in that division. Yeah, I mean, even even a late run could get you fourth. And uh, in, in, in it's, again, it's an 18-team league, just to string a few wins together. And who knows then, once you make it into the playoffs, the the team, as I said, it's too early to, t- to tell. And Galway, I think, have only played two games, but they haven't managed to win yet. They're a team I thought might be in it. Uh, Longford, looking at the results, have probably been the, the other standout compared to Cabin Tilly. They, they've only played twice as well, I think, but they've got a couple of wins. Um, yeah, so Bray, Cove, who knows? Um, and a lot will depend on how these clubs come back after the break and how it's going to impact on them. Um, but yeah, you could have a very interesting first division race uh, for the title and for the playoffs. Uh, just can I also come on to talk about uh, thing that's going to affect us as, as football fans and uh, when are we going to get back to, to watching games um, I, I know the government regulations 
as of July 20th, which is before our league starts, allow for 500 people uh, mass gatherings at outdoor events. And, and that obviously includes a football match. Now, I'm assuming that does include the players and match officials and stewards, etc. Um, the, the league, the FEI had initially said the league is going to come back behind closed doors and with um, no schedule to when fans are going to be allowed in. Um, I'm just wondering what are you, what are your thoughts? Is is it a case for the clubs that uh, 500 fans are are not? Is it even 500 fans? I don't know. Does it go down to 350, 400? Uh, is it worth their while, or are we waiting for the government to to increase the limits? Paul, what are your thoughts? Well, I think if you if you look at other countries as well, uh, Denmark and Poland, I've seen they've started to integrate integrate fans into kind of small sections in their own groups which i think could be done here even if you can have 500 in the ground you can bring 100 200 fans in just see how it works and see how it, how it goes i heard something about september as well there can be gatherings of up to 5000 which i mean would be fantastic that would the only club that would affect would be shamrock rovers and i think most weeks they'd be below 5000 unless they were playing someone near the top or bows them bows and like Dublin derbies, but like five thousand in September. I mean, you could you could have full stadiums by then, which would be fantastic. But I think if you ha if you can bring in five hundred, you can kind of drip feed it, bring a couple of fans in, let them social distance, see how it goes. Because it's uh, a few is better than none. Gavin, what are your thoughts? When do you think we'll see fans back at games, and what is what do you see happening? Stop. It's tough to know. I mean, we still have another month, essentially another month until kickoff. And look, who knows? A month could tell a lot. Things could change in a month. But if things stay the same and they're still saying it's going to be behind closed doors, I think, as Paul was saying, they should try and at least get something in there. I mean, if you look to the GAA, the GAA are planning on restarting club fixtures in three weeks' time. And that's amateur sports without being tested, no nothing. So if they can have 30 lads going out in the field, playing against each other there's no reason why i feel there shouldn't be crowds socially distanced allowed into league of Ireland matches if they're keeping their distance to watch the match because it'll add a lot to the atmosphere even if there's just a couple in the crowd a couple of hundred if they're all socially distant i mean it's going to add a lot to the game and i know there's talks for streaming and stuff they're going to be broadcasting the games so at least if you can juggle the two if you can get some some of the crowds into the games and then others watching the game at home it'll all add to it so fingers crossed. Look, we have a month. A month will tell a lot. Yeah, a month will tell a lot. I, I'm just wondering with the costs and for the clubs and what they'll have to do to enforce the social distancing, even if it goes from two metres down to one metre. Um, because even if we say we are allowed 500 fans, does that mean they all have to be one metre apart? And do you have to mark off all the seats? And is it financially, is it worth the club's while, uh, particularly, I suppose, um, when the fans will be season ticket holders anyway? Um, will the clubs actually do it for 500 fans? Will they wait till it goes to 5,000? And, and, and will the government regulations, I mean, they may change as well. And they may even change before the 31st of July. Nobody knows. I mean, I was looking at the regulations. I was told I couldn't get a haircut until the 20th of July. And then the... Thankfully, I was able to get one because it was badly needed. But the regulations came in and they were they were changed. So the, the, the hairdressers, barbers were able to open last Monday. So it, it, 
it can change. And maybe that 5,000 limit for September, if the virus levels stay low, may actually come back into July or into August. Uh, nobody knows. I mean, the government medical experts are looking at it. But I, I've seen a report just even last night that we're, we've the lowest case of the virus in Western Europe. And we're probably the last country in Western Europe to get our football back. And, uh, well, hopefully we'll have we'll have fans back um, pretty soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. Okay. And uh, just the, the other thing you touched on, Gavin, is the, the streaming and the TV coverage. Um, it's going to be crucial if fans can't go to games that they can either watch them. Uh, hopefully, we'll have lots of games on RT and on Air Sport. They, they have the rights. Um, but if not, um, hopefully the clubs will at least stream them for the, the season ticket holders. Um, any thoughts on anyone know what's going to happen or thoughts on what the, the individual clubs or the FEI are going to do? I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard that there was talks of staggering the games from maybe it's not all going to be all Friday nights. We're going to stagger the games in terms of broadcasting so they can show every set. They might have a game on Thursday, a game on a Friday, a game on a Saturday to show. And that would be great because... The whole League of Ireland would tune in if there's going to be a game on a Thursday, Friday and Saturday and so they're going to promote the league. So we'll just have to wait and see. Paul, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, staggering the games are a good idea? Do you um, do you think we're going to have them all streamed? Will Will people pay for the streaming? I definitely think they will because you see the, the clubs, they set up the patron pages as well, like showing old classic matches. For people who've already paid for it, they can just use that membership as maybe for maybe for the streaming off the club's website or something like that if it did come to that personally i think rte have to get the finger out in, t in terms of showing live games anyway they don't show enough and they don't give it enough coverage uh air sports do a lot and i think they'll be keen to get get more games on the on the television as well but particularly rte they have to get the finger out okay um yes and uh we're all looking forward to hopefully having games back on our screens and uh, hopefully being able to attend games um, in the in the near future. I, I know, um, sure, I speak for all of us when I say we're, um, we're all missing football desperately and uh, I'd love to go to a live game and uh, hopefully when it's safe that we can all do so. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, give us a thoughts in the comments you give us a like and a subscribe and uh let us know when you think we'll have fans back at games who do you think is going to win the league is it dundalk or rovers are, are we wrong to write off the likes of bows Derry, pats um who's going to be in europe uh, who's going to be relegated who's going to come up from the first division there's going to be a lot of talking points over the next few weeks and uh it's great to be back talking about football again and hopefully going to live football soon so uh, thanks for watching and uh, give us a like and subscribe. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. And uh, I'd like to thank Gavin and Paul for their um, help today and their comments. So um, let us know what you think.